uh, my mom doesn't usually binge watch stuff, so now she's kind of experiencing for the first time. Congratulations. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slay. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we are counting the number of sleeps till we get to watch WandaVision. Uh, Chris, don't don't bring up sleep. Don't bring up sleep. Continue. Move uh, along. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, how about <laughs> this? Uh, we're going to go uh, to a galaxy far, far away when Star Wars kicks off a whole new era for us this week. Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, the last of the video rental stores close-up shot, Mike. Chris, if this week couldn't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, p- please be kind and rewind to those simpler times. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we want and more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I slept, uh, slept really bad last night, so you're going to get a very specific flavor of Mike on this week's uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just on top of everybody else's, like, awful week uh, if you're here in the United States. Quite a week for everybody that, that lives here. And I would say anybody tangentially adjacent, you know, usually the U.S. ends up spilling out across borders, unfortunately. Uh, but the podcast is meant to be an escape, so we'll do <laughs> yeah. our best to, t- to take your mind off of the awfulness that is politics and then uh, I'll just complain about how I didn't sleep very good last night. Oh, yeah. And then that's the biggest problem that you have to worry about is that your uh, your co-host over here is not sleeping well. I'm, 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 but unrelated, I think I drank too much caffeine. I was like, going to say, I'm not worried like, about you. You you gave me the, the rundown of why you think you're, you didn't sleep well. I, I, mean, I think many, it's a one-off thing. I mean, how many times am I going to be on this podcast, like, just going on and on and on about the caffeine levels in my body? I like It's like, yeah. this is like a drug addict. I'm like, well, i got a problem, Chris. Well, I'm, I'm over here, if you can hear me i've got I've, I've resorted to uh two liters of coke zero uh with ice <laughs> uh, to to get me through this week uh i did see the return of three liters this week i don't know if you've seen that yet whoa name brand last time i saw a three liter it was in like a dollar store and it was a brand i'd never heard of before it was coca-cola three liters are back um whoa so. this is this is a new era i feel like it was like a like it was like the it was like a green bottle. It was supposed to be like Mountain Dew, and it was called like Moonstruck or something. Oh, and yeah. it was like three liters, and it's just like, how do I get this to my car? <laughs> well, so we we didn't we didn't have a like a, a, a Walmart that we went to very much growing up. I mean, we had one, but like we went to a store called Save a Lot. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with these. It um, sounds familiar. And, and there theirs was uh, Mountain Lightning uh, or or something. Oh like that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walmart's might be mountain lion. It's one of the two, but they always had like, yeah. you know, it, it's not ever Dr. Pepper. It's like Dr. Pete or, or like mountain mist. Yeah. I yeah. They're like, one. the names are so close, but like, you're like, I, I feel bad, <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, oh, I'm putting just pure sugar and carbonation in my body at the end of the day. Anyway, what's the matter? So, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's been a, it's been a week for everybody. Hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, first, first week of the year, we got stuff to look forward to. And we'll talk about that in, in a, in a, Meantime, but I've been really taking. Mm-hmm. We had snow here. Um, yeah, I know that's not unusual. <laughs> I mean, January. it's January, <laughs> but but at the same time, like you know, uh, there's snow in Texas. There's snow in uh, Spain right now. I mean, I'm expecting maybe uh, more snow than usual. But like when it snows and it snows enough as it did here, 
I just don't leave the house, Mike. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to. I want to. I want to look outside. Like you know what? There's white stuff on the ground. I think I better stay here and play some video games, watch some TV shows, some movies. Yeah, you're uh, getting in the hunker down mindset. E- exactly, and and that's what I'm. I'm you with a with a space heater and your video games. What else do you need at at, at the end of the day? And uh, it looks like you you've been uh, going back, going back again to one of the game of the years uh, on PlayStation here, Ghost of Tsushima. So yeah, tell us, plug- regal us where you are now. Yes, I'm plugging away. I just found out uh, that the game seems to be broken up into three acts, which makes a lot of sense because this is very heavily influenced by Kurosawa, the filmmaker, and even the story elements feel very uh, like old school samurai-esque uh, stories. So it makes sense that the, that the game would be broken up into three parts. And it makes a lot of sense because you're locked out through uh, the whole map at the beginning of the game, but you can see that the map is indeed divided into three sections. So, oh, I get it now. When you move on to the second act, you get to you get access to a new part of the island, and I've put a lot of hours into it already. So I, I feel like I'm really getting my money's worth out of this game. And it was like on sale, I believe, and I got it as a gift. So not only did I not have to pay for it, but the person who bought it for me, I believe, only spent forty bucks on it, maybe fifty, but I believe it was uh, forty. So I mean, this game is an absolute bar in the way I look at it, but uh, I'm, it's, it's getting the, the completionist side of my brain is starting to bloom a little bit with this game where uh, if, if an open world game like this gives me, you know, opportunities to just go out and explore and just like kind of totally avoid the mainline story, I will absolutely do that because I feel like I feel like I'm almost mm-hmm. like honorably cheating right you know it's like oh i can use all of this extra time and i can just grind and i can like level up my swords and all my skills and then like the next kind of like village i try to like you know emancipate i just absolutely wreck the mongols so uh that was going really really well until i uh until i upgraded to act two now all the mongols are a lot stronger they got more armor they're like throwing bombs at me and stuff there's like these giant heavy dudes now and it's getting pretty crazy but it's still really really fun are you sure you're not playing spider-man because that sounds like the enemies every time you get (laughs) to a new new part of the game like well now they have shields yeah well unlike uh unlike spider-man you're you're on spider-man you're you're allowed to explore the entire city technically from the start of the game Uh, Mm -hmm. so this one you're kind of walled off by the island but it's been really really fun here's this really crazy emotional moment that kind of transitions you into act two and no spoilers because i you know i think people out there still want to play this game that might listen so i don't want to spoil anything but they do a really good job on face acting in this game you know i haven't played a lot of the kind of real iconic face acting games like isn't there like a mafia game where people go on and on about like the motion capture for the faces i think the game might just be called mafia actually Mm -hmm. um i think it was maybe it might be I guess technically last gen game now, but uh, they've done a really good job when you get into the kind of like the high quality cutscenes of the facial acting. Well, so I really are you thinking that. L.A. Noir? Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm the, thinking. The, the rock, it was the the Rockstar game L.A. Noir uh, that they were like, this game is gonna blow your mind with how realistic the faces are and everything. Oh yeah, because there's like interrogations in it, yeah. right? Where you have to look at their face. Yeah, there's n- there's none of that in here. This just me executing a lot of people, uh, but it's it, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is also known as a video game, Chris, mm-hmm. which is how I'll transition into the next thing that we just started playing, which is known as a board game, a uh, physical gaming games uh, that make ca- you bored. No, <laughs> and it's it. called Santorini. 
So, Chris, you are a lot like me right now, where you only reside in your in your quarters with one other person, right? Our yes. wives. They're the only people that could possibly play board games with us, which means you pretty much are have to exclude all like three to four player board games, right? You know, I know there's some board games out there where you can technically pair it down the two players, but it's like not as fun. Or you have to kind of like do kind of like these hacks of just like, oh, we got to use these different rules if we want to do two players. So I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to do any of that. So I went online and I found like this really nice article where somebody compiled the best two-player board games. Uh, I think this was back in 2020, uh, which seems like a millennia ago. And it was really, really nice because it was like they had like editor recommendations and then professional recommendations of people that actually work in the board game industry. So I came across one game called Santorini. And uh, I, I looked at it, it had some cool art on the box, and then uh, it was like high up on the list, so I just bought it right then and there. I didn't want to read too much about it, right? Because I feel like you can convince yourself not to buy a board game if you're reading the instructions. And it, you know, it just sounds like, oh, this is too complicated, I'm never going to learn this. So I just pulled the trigger on it, it showed up, and we sat down. Me and my wife learned to play it last night, and it's really, really fun. I don't know exactly how to quite describe the game. It's definitely a strategy game, but it's not it's not a deck building game. It's not a resource driven game. You know, it's not like a big sprawling kind of like it, risk survival so, game. So correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember this one, this one's Santorini is uh is it's in Greece, right? Greek yes. um, Greece island or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and and this game it looks kind of like not it's bigger than a checkerboard, but like you know like because there's more squares but like it's still not a huge board right yeah it's um i i believe the grid is relatively small i maybe it's eight by eight i don't know i, I don't quite remember yeah but what it is is you're kind of these greek builders and what you're trying to do is you're trying to ascend your character up vertically right so you're building these like kind of uh these greek buildings and if you can get up to the third level you're declared a winner right but your opponent has the ability to build on top of anything that you're building but they can also cap off the building with this kind of like blue dome which really fits the kind of white and blue aesthetic of Greece and if a building gets domed it means you can't get to the top of it anymore and you need to scale down you need to scale down your building you need to find a new one so it's like it's kind of like checkers but like with a 3d element but it, it sounds like a like a connect four building upwards yeah, in different yes, directions yes it feels a lot like connect four in your mind when you're playing it right yeah. because you're just like well i can move over here and build on top of my opponent and they can move over here but anyway it's really really fun uh, the game instructions are written pretty well because you play you play a very pared down version of the game a couple of times in a row and then you open up the instructions and you play the real game the way it's intended where you get to draw a card at the beginning of the game and you get these godlike powers that basically modifies the rules specifically just for you. So you, uh, so it, can, it might affect what your opponent can or can't do, or it might affect what you can and can't do. So it, it was, it was a blast. Like I felt like we haven't watched Queen's Gambit yet, but we just kept mm -hmm. making Queen's Gambit jokes when we were playing it. We're like, is this what Queen, Queen's Gambit is about? Trying to figure out how to play this game. I, I uh, have, but... I've seen half of that show, uh, <laughs> and it's nothing about learning how to play chess. <laughs> because it, it's, it's so funny because it's like. Me and my wife know the move we're about to make could be good or bad, but we don't know if the move is good or bad, so we're always second-guessing ourselves and going, oh, wait, should we go here? But uh, I would highly recommend uh, Santorini. It's definitely a two-player board game that can expand to three or four, so I just like how you can actually have a great experience with just two people. So um, 
Uh, yeah, I should, uh, I'll, I'll try to look for that article and I'll put it in the show notes for other two player board games. There was one about like building quilts, which I, that came highly recommended. So you never know exactly what you're going to get. You, you definitely can't judge a board game by its cover. That's something I've learned over the years for sure. But that's what, so. that's how you, but that's how you chose yours, right? Yeah, exactly. That's how I chose it. So um, I'm a big old hypocrite over here. No, you're uh, not a hypocrite. It, I mean, it's just. I mean, it, that's what it is. I mean, you like yeah, that art it, style fits you. No, exactly. This, so, but it turned out it turned out well. So that's great. But I'll probably maybe give this quilt one a chance, even though the front of it's well, not as fun looking. The other game I would recommend to people, if, just because this is a superhero show, is Marvel United. Um, mm-hmm. That game I backed on Kickstarter last year. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So like the the base set is out. Um, you can get it at a. At a any any store really but i know walmart has one and it comes with venom specifically in that box if you can get the pre-order and it's got it's a really good two-player game and it lasts under 30 minutes so uh, it's more cooperative uh rather than mm-hmm. than um i guess you're not against like, like i guess San, santorini you're not against each other but like there's a, a definitive winner right so mm-hmm. uh united has um it's cooperative if you're looking for a cooperative uh, two-player game well, Chris, everything's in the box of, it's nice speaking of cooperation rivalry gamesmanship strategy uh i have been uh, engrossed in all drama that is cobra kai over the last week I, I finally hopped on the hype train uh the wife and i earlier in the week watched karate kid which is something that she grew up with but not something that i grew up with i have zero karate kid nostalgia because it, it uh it came out a couple years before i was born i'm more of a three ninjas kid myself and i won't say three ninjas mm. is necessarily a better movie but that's the that's the martial arts kind of schlock that was introduced to me when i was a kid so you think so they'll do a crossover yeah, so that's what that's what I ended up watching. And then actually, just out of pure curiosity, we went on YouTube and watched the Three Ninjas trailer again after watching Karate Kid. And it's hilarious how they just basically the studio must have just been like, give us a give us our own Karate Kid, cast an old Asian man basically to be your Mr. Miyagi. You know, make sure he's old and weird and goofy. Make him extra goofy. We we want him to be better than Mr. Miyagi. So anyway, that was really funny. So anyway. We watched uh, Karate Kid, and then we went right into Cobra Kai, and it is just... It has just been an absolute delight, right? I don't think necessarily Cobra Kai is going to win any sort of Emmys uh, for like writing or you know direction or anything like that. But it's just so much fun because there's so much drama embroiled into rival karate dojos. It's just hilarious because you'll have you'll have a, your two main characters going at it, and then every once in a while, a very sensible woman usually ends up being one of their wives, just kind of cuts the tension with butter, just to remind you and the audience that like your karate rival is absolutely hilariously silly you you are all going through midlife crises so i love how they just kind of like take the wind out of their sails every once in a while but I was actually pretty impressed with the show because I thought it was just going to be Billy Zabka. I thought it was just going to be his show and it was going to be about him kind of reinventing himself and they're going to bring all of these new kids in and it was just going to be that. But surprise to me, uh, Ralph Macchio is 100% part of this show. I believe uh, like anybody who was associated with the original Karate Kid movie is like an executive producer in some portion of the show. So it, I'm just surprised it's very mm-hmm. much like a sequel to all of these uh, Karate Kid movies. Uh, it's just been fun. It's been so silly. I love uh, I love Johnny Lawrence's character because he has like he has like no filter. He's still so stuck stuck in the eighties. So he says all of these awful like non PC things, and then these like high school kids have to tell him like you can't talk like that anymore. But it's just it's like so funny. It's so hilarious. Uh, the karate they take it so seriously, but then they know exactly when to make fun of themselves. 
and I've just been having a having a great time. I, you know, it, it, I'm preaching to the choir here because people have been watching this show. It's like the only popular YouTube premium show that made it out of that platform and obviously made it over the Netflix where they got a third original Netflix season. So I know people have been binging the show already, but yeah. I guess this is just me saying if you're late to the party, you're not too late. You can definitely still enjoy it. But I will give a slight recommendation of I think the Karate Kid movies are required watching. Uh, I, it, I'm glad that it's all made under the same production company because they are legally allowed to use the clips from the movies. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of flashbacks to the films a lot, which is nice because it kind of helps support some of the story and the motivation. But uh, I'm in the third season now, and I'm getting a lot, a lot of Karate Kid 2 flashbacks. Well, and they are, they're even bringing back characters. And I haven't seen Karate Kid 2, so I think we were like on episode 5 of the third season, and I, I leaned over to my wife and I was like, we can't watch anymore until we watch Karate Kid 2 because they're bringing back these characters I have no I, reference points to. I so. would go ahead and warn you, there is Karate Kid 3 stuff in Season 3 as well. Um, oh, shit, man. You, you just, you just watch the movies. Them. Just watch the movies. Before you go. I don't want you to I don't want you to have to stop again, but I do. I did see articles about you know how they are. In fact, you know Seasons 1 and 2 are now devolving into, like, we can use the other Karate Kid films and the villains or characters in those if we need to. Yeah. So. If, uh, so I know Karate Kid 1 is streaming for free on IMDb TV, which is owned by Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it there. There's just a couple commercials in there. We watched it totally fine like that. But I just looked it up on Just Watch. Karate Kid 2 and 3 is not streaming anywhere. So if you if you can't quite get around to, to watch those two films, I think you can pretty safely watch Season 1 and season two with just the first Karate Kid movie. There's a couple flashbacks uh, that don't really require that much context for Karate Kid 2 in season two, but I, I think you'll be fine with just the first one for the first two seasons. But yeah, it sounds like for season three, you got to finish those other, you got to finish those other two movies. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to rent them or exactly what I'm going to do, but I have a lot of Karate Kid well, to watch, but I'm, I'm surprised to be recommending it because I think we talked about Cobra Kai years ago on the podcast when they first announced that they were going to make it and I was just like oh I don't care about Karate Kid I've never seen it I'm never going to watch this what's YouTube premium or yeah. I think it was, at the it time was it was red YouTube. it was red yeah it was time. red we're like who's going to watch this and now I'm eating my words because mm-hmm. we have just been glued to the couch just <sighs> laughing well I mean shows can become better over time or you know things that, that are good you just don't they have their own audience right they can be really good mm-hmm. but there is also the fourth Karate Kid movie don't forget that the next Karate Kid yeah doesn't it have um uh, it's like a it's like a girl karate kid. She's like a she's like a famous actress. Now. Yeah, I don't yeah, know Hillary was... Swank. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's on Netflix, though. Uh, okay. So I don't know. If, I don't no. know if, how much you're going to be required to watch that one. But if Hillary Swank shows up in season four or five is of Mr. Cobra Kai, is Mister Miyagi? Yeah. Um, in that one? Yeah. Oh my god! I guess the I guess that's um. That's got to be on board then, right? That's got to be within their wheelhouse. Because yeah. if Mr. Miyagi's in it, that's canon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Pat Morita's in all four of them. Oh, man. I got a lot of Karate Kid to watch. Which, uh, you know, if it's nostalgia for you, it might be a lot more fun. But when I watched it for the first time, it's definitely an 80s movie. It's not quite as paced 
as quickly as movies that you're familiar with nowadays. They, you know, the 80s kind of, they kind of let the film breathe a little bit more. For, and a film like Karate Kid, which isn't exactly like, you know, top to bottom, you know, uh, a, a premium academy experience. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, okay, let's get to the karate already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see the action. Well, you're just prepping yourself for, for Shang-Chi later this summer, right? Like mm-hmm. to see yes. the, the uh, high end of, movie yeah. version. The, the karate has been fun, but that's a, yeah. uh, that's my uh, section of the corn stream. I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, take a, take a nap uh, right now, Chris. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back. I, I'm going to go back. Actually, I watched a movie like in the same time frame, the mid eighties, as as mm-hmm. uh, as as a critic, as spies like us. Are you familiar with this movie? <laughs> you know, you sent me a you sent me a text that said you're watching Spies Like Us, and I thought you were talking about the CG movie where Will Smith is an agent and gets turned into a bird. Oh no, uh, so no it sounds no. like you weren't watching that movie. <laughs> no, no, you something is definitely up with you. You might need to check your temperature. Uh, no, Spies <laughs> Like Us is the Chevy Chase Dan Aykroyd movie from the eighty mid eighties where. They're essentially bumbling government workers who get sent uh, to do a secret mission, but they're like the decoys to the actual real spies doing the mission. Okay. Uh, I can only remember it because I can imagine them in these big, large winter coats walking in the snow upon this like one <laughs> it, missile in Russia. Yeah, I just did a I just did a Google. Yeah, I can see the the very large outfits. <laughs> yeah, this this movie is uh, something that's very much like it's not it's not a great movie by any means, but it, but it makes me miss mid-range films like where people weren't trying hard to essentially break blockbusters right like they're not trying to make movies like you've got two actually like really really popular stars of the 80s chevy chase Mm -hmm. dan Aykroyd, right like i think this is in between ghostbusters for Aykroyd, so he's very similar chevy chase is like he's the ladies man of this era uh but this is just like a middling you know comedy along the way and it's, it's pretty funny i did see some cameos from um Sam Raimi and uh, one of the Coen brothers in it though, which was fun. <laughs> uh, there's about uh, there's a ton of cameos, but I'm like I miss B movies like this where we could just like turn it on and not think about it and be like, yeah, I had a good time and walk away. Like uh, I I don't know how many uh, m- much more of those we're gonna get you know coming up because you know everyone saved all their good movies uh, for this year. So mm-hmm. hopefully we we can still get some of these these movies like us. But yeah, I the other one is is um is that on HBO Max the uh the the Will Smith Tom Holland movie? <laughs> you know what? It, oh yeah, Tom Holland is the good. You know what it might be? Um, what is that called? Spies in Disguise. Spy. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it is. Spies oh. in Disguise. Uh, Will Smith turns into a bird. Tom Holland's like, "Whoa, you're a bird!" And then that's that's pretty much the only thing I know about the film right now. Yeah, let me see here. Uh, I'm gonna pull up just what it's on HBO Max. That's where I saw it. Yeah. So there, see, you can you can uh, you can understand my confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's all on HBO. I watched I watched Spies Like Us on HBO Max. So you know, benefit there. Bonus bonus for me. Um, so the other thing on the other side of that, this season three of American Gods starts this week. I don't know if you ever watched the first season or second season. Um, of the show, you know Mike. what my you know what my brother was actually talking to me about American Gods the other day because uh, I never got around to watching it, but I heard great things about season one, and then he told me that I guess the showrunner there's a there's a there's a there's a mix there's a swap with the showrunner after season one I guess they 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 had I don't know if it's creative differences or if it was financial but I, I guess it kind of takes a downturn after the first season in, in his point of view uh-huh. uh, but it sounds like it's it, it, they're still making it <laughs> yeah yeah well there was a season two was like came out there's a delay between it because season I guess season one stops at like a like the book supposedly goes to season one and two and I don't I don't know we're about three but like it um. I, I I watched one and two and three started this week, so I'm excited to see kind of where it picks up. I haven't watched it yet. I, I know it's out, but 
um, knowing that you know there are there is like there was some time between it. Maybe they actually ha- they didn't have to press like rush this out. It's got great you know great actors in it. You know, um, uh, in McShane is in it. You know, Orlando Jones was in the first two seasons. It's it's really it's really a good show. Um, you know, it feels. There's a there's a series on my bookshelf behind me, a book series called um, The Wicked and the Divine, and this feels very much like that, but different. I don't know. It's like dealing with like the idea of God, modern gods, and what that means. So, it looks like the third season uh, possibly has a brand new showrunner by the names of Charles H. Eagley. Eagley. Uh, I'm looking at his filmography, and it doesn't look like he did season two, according to the filmography, unless his Wikipedia page hasn't been uh, updated recently. But looks like he's worked on Hemlock Grove, The Walking Dead, Dexter, The Shield. So he seems to be a TV veteran. So uh, if you know people like my brother are, are you know worried, hopefully maybe he can turn the yeah. ship around. I don't know. Well, I mean, they, they they kind of really hid that season three was coming. You know, I, I didn't see much about it, but I also I don't have uh, what's this on stars. Yeah, mm-hmm. stars. So I, I don't really see a lot of it, but like you know, I I really enjoyed the first season. Second, I I, I understand the, the the downturn on the second for sure. But like when you end the first season on a cliffhanger, you're like, you want more, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. why didn't they just film it all? But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to see it. One of the actors in the um uh, what is his name? He um he plays the uh, essentially a uh, leprechaun, right? But like the leprechauns in this are like actual like seven foot people. He's the guy who play he will be playing Master Chief in the the, the upcoming Halo thing. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you want a preview of Master Chief, I guess yeah, you gotta watch American Gods. You gotta see how big he is. I mean geez, like I mean at least <laughs> they could be camera tricks, but but it's it's pretty good. Uh pretty good for that. And then lastly, the other thing I was telling Mike about this, I, I'm not a huge we're we're not huge anime people, right? Except for Mike whenever mm-hmm. he's on his anime corner. Um <laughs> I I I, I I've got some more free time recently to, to watch stuff while I work. And I've uh, gone back and put on the, my hero academia movie that I missed uh, mm-hmm. called is like hero rising or something like that. I forget what it is. Uh, and, and apparently we talked about it. So like one of the episodes has like an offshoot where that kicks off this movie. And then like the next episode's back in the, the regular thing. But um, this, this show, the more I, I watch in it makes me wish we had a really, really good X-Men anime animated show on TV right mm-hmm. now. Like, the way, like, you know, again, in, in this universe, you have a quirk, and that quirk is your power, and you can look different and have different powers and abilities, and essentially X-Men, they go to school, like, you know, Xavier's school, and then there's villains who want to take down the school, like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and then the movie I had had someone who could control metal, I'm like, this is Magneto, like, I wish we had a really, really good X-Men animated show, like, we, I know we're getting the movies down the roads or whatever, but, like, could you imagine not having the limitations of live action, Mike? I know you know this on animated to see the X Men powers and abilities, yeah. and really highlight new characters that we don't normally get. So well, also, and this is one thing that we don't often get with the X Men. I, I suppose that this could be something that um, that you see in the comics, but it would only be really if you introduce a new character or if you're rebooting the X Men wholly. Is one thing that's kind of fun about my hero is these characters are learning their powers, and it's mm. over a long period of time, right? Yeah. I feel like with any X Men movie you've ever seen or animated show or even a comic book run, since these characters have been established for a while, or you just want to hit the ground running, they all pretty much know their powers and know how to use them, right? And it's more of about the struggle between like good and evil and who overcomes. But with my hero, it's like these characters are just like, okay, I have this quirk. Now, what are all the different things that can, 
that it can do? How yeah. can I creatively solve these problems? And like, oh, what new powers will I kind of unfit, unveil in like the second season? So yeah. I really like that aspect of it, of them kind of uncovering, yeah. you know, what they and, can do. And every season is essentially a new class year, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you're not getting like a season is like a, a big, it's not set up for like, you really go through the class year with them because I really like I, the first season. I didn't didn't jive with me much, but the second season when they had what was it the games like the competitive mm-hmm. games was actually I was like that's actually a really cool idea. Could you imagine if the X Men had something where they did that too? Like oh yeah, because tournaments. I mean tournaments are such a, a a solid trope for anime. Like it really yeah. thrives off of the the structure. You know you saw it in DBZ. You've yeah. seen it in like Yu Yu Hakusho. It's all over the place. Well, it it it. it it always it what it does it helps people like do like everyone's like who's better this or this well that's what these tournaments are for right like you get to pit mm-hmm. your characters against each other and really see who comes out top based on the writing now if it's close they're like oh we call it well like you know it's, it's even a villain interrupts in the middle of the match but uh mm-hmm. you know I, I really want to see something like that would, would be really cool for me to see that and you're not to take away from my hero academia and, and the zeitgeist as you said you know in in 15 years these this is this is this generation's dragon ball right they'll, they'll look back yes. and like these Very are the much. characters but the difference is you know when you said that i'm like these kids these days you know anime doesn't have the stigma it had in the 90s right like mm-hmm. whatever I, I was like hey dad can i go buy some dragon ball cards for my card game and and your parents would just look at you like you're a goddamn idiot like <laughs> no we're not gonna go get you anime playing cards but like now you walk into a box lunch or a hot topic that's the first thing you see right like everything is is yeah, anime. there's like a there's like a whole end cap just dedicated to like my hero. Like you can get a lunchbox, a t-shirt, uh, wow. enamel pins, like slippers, uh, a purse. Like there's like the, a million. The things outfits you can do. they wear are very common. Like right, like their school outfits. Like yeah, you can get yeah. that. You, the, you, you can't buy a Dragon Ball shirt without yeah. being stigmatized and like the person behind the counter will be like oh you like my hero D- do you want like do you want this like mob psycho keychain because yeah. you might also like that so it's like you're getting recommendations it's just a, it's a totally different world out yeah. there now for anime fans yeah it's very very accepting and i think it's cool and i think i uh, you know again we've talked about you you were watching the x-men anime right um mm-hmm. but like i don't want the x-men anime i want a school situation with X-Men and learning their powers over time and seeing cool ways that they can utilize those. Uh, uh, Chris, it was called new mutants. You know, we waited forever for that film and then it was far exceeded our they, expectations. Right? They didn't learn, they didn't learn their powers in there. <laughs> they they already knew they them. nothing. Yeah. One guy chained himself to a rock and blasted around a tennis court for until he, until he <laughs> broke his arm, man. Like really not a whole lot going on there, but, but that's fine. All right, well that's that's enough. Anything else you want to add to the the intro here, Mike? Before we we jump no, into the the good that stuff. That's it. Let's get to the good. The good stuff. So this Friday, you know, I don't know when you're listening to this, but this upcoming Friday, we finally get our first MCU bit of content since Spider-Man: Far From Home with WandaVision on Disney Plus. And I have great news for anyone who is worried about it because we get two episodes on Friday. They're dropping episode one. And two at the same time. Yeah, yeah that's great. It, uh, it sounds kind of similar to what they did with uh, Mando Season 1. But technically, Mando Season 1, the first episode premiered with the launch of Disney+, Plus, which was just a couple days before a Friday when they la- when technically Episode 2 had aired. So yeah. it's kind of along the same thinking lines. So. Yeah, so there's nine episodes total for the series. So if they do two, I think, I think the way it works is if they do two now, it lines up with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. So... 
without pushing it back, which I don't, they could literally do whatever they want, right? There's no time frame, but I think, you know, two parts is great. I did see some, um, some people are getting, uh, reviewers are getting the first three episodes. So I didn't see spoilers, but be wary of, of spoilers, right? First day of, of for these. So, mm-hmm. uh, be ready for that. And then I also saw the series was finally, maybe it was already rated PG, but do rating systems matter when you're on a streaming service anymore? And they don't, reg- yeah. the FCC doesn't regulate that as much. Yeah, I'm actually curious what that PG rating is supposed to be. Uh, uh, you know, I could see it if it's uh, being rated like on a per episode basis. You know, those first couple episodes of Division, I would imagine if it's going in kind of chronological order of television history, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be getting the I Love Lucy era, you know, of those pro- probably those first mm-hmm. couple episodes, which, you know, you know, yeah, kind of would uh, be PG. But, you know, yeah. Uh, eventually, I hope we get some kind of PG thirteen stuff because you know Wanda is yeah. gonna get pissed at some point in time, right, and punch it, somebody. Well, and I don't think that's PG. Well, <laughs> I think I think I think there can be. I think I think what I want to interested is how much horror or psychological terror can they throw at us in this? Um, uh, towards the end of it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it is that, but uh, you know, even if it's PG, it's a streaming service. They could be like, well, this is PG for a streaming service now because you have to have a credit card to watch it, kind of thing. So also, I, I believe the governing bodies that rate movies and TV shows are totally different. So I don't know if you can actually equate a TV show PG to being a movie PG. Yeah, so exactly. I yeah, don't know what to take out of this bit of news. Yeah, well, because yeah, they don't rate TV shows PG. They're like a, a TV MA or what they what was TV mm. uh, YA y- or something like Y seven yeah. or something like for like a cartoon. Yeah. So I, I maybe because of the length of these, they they rate them each one of them as a as a movie. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know. I, again, like I said, I'm pretty sure digital services don't have to be rated to be released. Uh, cause technically it's the motion picture association and mm-hmm. these are not most, this is not going to the theaters. This is going straight here. As much, as much Bob Iger and Kevin Feige would like you to think that you're about to watch a motion picture. It is not a motion picture. It is a streaming show. I don't think they, I don't think they, I think they want the, the TV thing. I'm excited. They want that. They want the clout of the cinema quality. Yeah. Uh, with their show, they they want they want your your Twitter emojis. Uh, you know <laughs> they want you tweeting about these and buying the next toys, right? Who's gonna be the next toy on this? I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's, but on top of that, Disney Plus also dropped Marvel Studios Legends this week, mm-hmm. um, where they're supposed to highlight a character over time. And apparently, I haven't got to watch it yet because everything I heard with these suck. Um, these are <laughs> awful. These are essentially long fan cam episodes where they like. Here's where we're gonna highlight the Wanda in all of the Mar- her Marvel sequences, and that's it. And same with the Vision, which like they they said like you could literally find better ones of these on YouTube if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean that's what we talked about when we heard that the show was coming out. It's like yeah, it sounds like this already exists, but you know, is this just like you know this could possibly just be a way to put content on Disney Plus without having to hire anybody except like an editor and possibly yeah. like a producer, right? You know, you just have one person sift through all of the footage. You know, the, I guess the advantage is if, is they're legally allowed to use it, as whereas YouTube, you know, depending on how much you use of one thing, you know, and if you're you know if you're technically changing it with a uh, with a critical eye on it, you know, it won't get removed from YouTube. But e- either way. Yeah, I don't really know who needs this, but you know, if they want to technically tell their investors that they added one more new show to Disney Plus, this is a very yeah. cheap way to do it. Yeah, very much. I, I mean, this is something you put an intern on, like make me this by next week, chop chop yeah. kind of thing, and and that's what it feels. It felt it felt like a, a rush, and I'm and everyone, and I don't know what people were expecting um, either. Um, 
they're not going to give us the behind the scenes stuff, right? Or anything spoilery until the end of the show. So, um, now do you think every episode of WandaVision will have an after credit scene or just the final episode? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, usually in the TV land, they kind of just call them stingers, yeah. like something to kind of get you uh, get you to stay tuned to the next episode. Man, Cobra Kai has some great stingers. It's, so they uh, watch it over there if you want to see what a good stinger is. Um, but I don't know. It's just like it's a brand new thing, right? This is the great thing about WandaVision is we're going to really truly learn what the vision for streaming Marvel is, right? So I, I think we're, we're going to learn a whole lot just after watching these two episodes mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, th- I think so as well and then i uh, be prepared for every week and, and watch it on friday before everyone puts their information on the internet because th- i think yeah. it will it's gonna be even worse <laughs> try to ma- if you're if you're lucky enough to work from home and you have the option this might be something you have to watch on your lunch maybe not something mm-hmm. you wait until uh after eat breakfast dinner. and watch it that's what i'm thinking uh, <laughs> early early in the day so uh, on the other side of that, Thor, Love and Thunder starting production very soon. And apparently uh, actors Chris Pratt, David Teese, and Karen Gillan uh, are arriving on set for this movie. And you're like, well, why are they showing up for Thor, Love and Thunder? This is like a full Guardians of the Galaxy kind of going on here. <laughs> so last time we saw Thor, he was with the Guardians, right? So my guess is probably something early on to to, to separate them. I don't know. I mean, this yeah, sounds you know, like they're bringing it, them all back. It could be... It could just be something as simple as like they're all drinking at a bar and Thor, yeah. I don't know, gets some sort of like cosmic message and he's like, all right, guys, I got to go. And then Chris Pratt is like, thank God he's finally gone. Now I can be the captain again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Dave Batista does some sort of funny Drax joke. And then uh, Karen Gillan, I don't I don't know well, what she would do. But. Well, I think <laughs> what I would like to see, and, and, and I know this is be you know, treading on James Gunn's, but, you know, how the intro to Guardians 2 started, right, where they're all fighting one big beast like a, oh, like one yeah. villain i would like mm-hmm. to see them yeah. do that with thor and what that dynamic looks like instead yeah that would be nice i mean that would be i mean that's what you want from like a film right you know hit the ground running with a big explosion because we haven't really got a chance to, to see the guardians of the galaxy and thor work together outside of you know infinity war you know so that might be kind of fun to see them team up do some fun spaceship stuff and then mm-hmm. you know thor pieces out yeah, because he's still got he's still got his big Stormbreaker axe, which can really call the Bifrost for him. So why is he in a spaceship, um, mm-hmm. kind of thing? So I, I'm excited to kind of see this and the the banter back and forth with them. Um, I'm pretty sure Palm Clemente, who played Mandis, is there. So I, I I expect a full scene Guardians at the intro uh, before anything. So we'll we'll, we'll keep you guys posted what we hear. Uh, Star Wars, Kevin Feige, two of our favorite things, Mike together <laughs> at last uh kevin feige is he's, he's he's got an upcoming star wars film we know nothing about it but has mm-hmm. added writer michael waldron to script this film uh michael waldron is known for writing and uh, creating the loki show that's upcoming mm-hmm. right one of our i think the most anticipated show for me uh, he wrote doctor strange in the multiverse of madness uh which is ties into loki probably and all this other stuff we're doing and then he was also uh he worked with Dan Harmon on Harmon Harmon Quest and Rick and Morty episodes as well. So uh, he sounds like an upcoming writer, and it seems you know that'd be a great way to keep him in the uh, the Disney umbrella here with Kevin Feige if he, he yeah, got I mean, trust in him. They must have a really good working relationship, you know, because you know he's obviously proved himself over on the the Marvel side of things, right? Uh, I I would think Kevin Feige, you know, is not 
is not treating his, his Star Wars film just like another project, right? You know, maybe when it comes to, you know, the way you schedule it, the way you plan it, the way you produce it, you know, yeah, all these things, but it's got to feel different to him, right? I mean, yeah. uh, Star Wars means uh, something different for everybody out there, and this is like a brand new franchise. Uh, I mean, Kevin Feige obviously doesn't doesn't need any more praise. He's had plenty, and he's also has plenty of money. So he's he's already proved himself to be accomplished. But you know, it's just kind of like this uh, this is optional for him, right? So he, I'm sure he wants to smash it and uh, knock it, it out it, of the park. So he must really trust this guy. That I think I think it's a, a maybe more of a passion project, right? Like, hey, I'm, I've I've done all my my Marvel stuff, right? Give me give me Star Wars. I'm, I got an idea. Let me mm-hmm. see what my idea is and how we can get that going. Now, you mentioned franchise. I don't know if this will be a, a, a kicking off a franchise or if it'll be a standalone movie. I mean, if they're lucky, it'll it'll do, you know, it essentially be the Iron Man of Star Wars again, uh, if, if we can get that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, you know, Patty Jenkins has lost a little bit of luster the past couple of weeks with Wonder Woman 84, so her Rogue Squadron isn't really holding up there. But if he, if, if I, you know, and what's it, um, Waititi has one too, right, that he's working on? Yeah. So. Uh, I could see them working together, kicking something off. But uh, yeah, I think this sounds like a passion project that he wants to that he wants to work on, um, and you know, hiring someone who could maybe take his vision and get it going um, sounds pretty good. But Godspeed, Michael Waldron, and yeah. whatever director decides to uh, tackle your uh, script because uh, it's rough out there in the creative world of Star what? Wars, and I, I wish you all the luck in the world. Well, if you're a director, you have a 50-50 chance of being fired on a Star Wars film. So, <laughs> uh, that's the stats right now. I, what, if they, what if they got the Russo brothers for this? Oh, God. That would be I mean, like, that would be insane. I, I Obviously, I'd be okay with yeah. that because the Russo brothers have not let me down yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Feige probably pulling somebody new, but I mean I think that'd be interesting to to think about. On the other side of that, Star Wars has kicked off their High Republic this week, uh, their their new um, era, two hundred years before the uh, the Phantom Menace and, and and telling about Jedi and stuff when the the High Republic. So uh, some of that includes the comic books, the High Republic, which I read. I picked up the adult novel as well, and they have young adult novels and some other materials as uh, for this this kickoff as well. Um, comic book's been interesting. Um, I, I will tell you, Mike, without spoiling anything in it, um, because you know you're you're dealing with um, yeah, you know, a whole different Jedi feel. Like they're not warriors back then, right? They're not the the generals that we saw in the the prequel trilogy. So uh, it was definitely interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited to kick off the the the, the actual full novel yeah. as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the High Republic, the only overlapping character is Yoda, right? He's younger, well, but I, there's no other characters that would still be alive, well, right? There, there and, are some uh, on the council who are still on the council in Phantom Menace, but, like, they're, like, they're, like, people you would know, like, Oppo Rancis or, uh, there's another guy, um, Yariel Poof, and if I said those yeah. names, you're like, who the hell are those guys? <laughs> so basically, the only characters that could possibly make it into the prequels are, you know, non-humanoid characters that have a long, longer yes. than normal human life. Correct. Yes. As of right now, yeah, none of the other, none of the other humanoids, heroes or villains are in this, except for Yoda at this point in time in those two. Um. So very much, very. It, it feels not. Um. I'm not looking for the word sanitized from the, that, but like you don't have to know the other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can jump in pretty good. And what's cool is they actually, uh, I sent you the timeline, right? Cause you were like, uh, I wish I had a mm-hmm. star Wars timeline. And I'm like, well, look what they had. Literally the first page of the comic book 
shows us the the timeline for you yes uh, i need all of the timelines <laughs> uh so there's that but like the way they break down like there's different jedi count like classes like like there's they're not warriors but like there's envoys and stuff like that like where they go out and explore stuff and and help things so um and you know, it's been it's been, the comic book was pretty good i'm excited to read this i mean is there any any interest for you in this this high I republic mean... era Really what I want in Star Wars is I want something just totally, absolutely new, which is why I've been looking forward to Knights of the Old Republic, just because it's so far back in time. You can't attribute, like, anything to a character that you've known in the Star Wars universe before, right? Like, maybe, like, locations you could go back Mm -hmm. and have some fun with, but, like, it's so far, like, even, like, the oldest creature couldn't quite, you know... uh, trace their date of birth back that far or you know i'm always looking forward to moving forward because you get to invent brand new stuff so like the high republic almost seems like a half measure to me like you know oh we don't quite want to be out of our comfort zone but we want to strike like a new era in the timeline so yeah i'm not too over the wall for it but you know maybe the well, disney plus series might uh yeah change my mind. so the acolyte is the the only the I guess media video media coming out of this that we know of right now, which I think was more like a, a villain series, right? Like a like a Sith um, focus kind of thing. But I will tell you, if anything about the High Republic will get you excited, Mike, it is the number of lightsabers and the Ooh, different. You know, I like lightsabers. The different looks of lightsabers and the different colors of lightsabers. They're the whole gamut here, right? So. Um, the, the Padawan in the, the comic book I was reading, she actually has a double bladed one, like Maul, but it's, uh, I think mm-hmm. two green colors. So, yeah. um, you know, there's yellow, the blades are all over the place. I think you really like the, the design. So if, if I see something like that, I'll send you some screenshots, but, um, the cool. High Republic has officially kicked off. Uh, the other part of this news this week, I, I almost didn't put this in here because I forgot about it. That's how much I've been thinking about this, Mike. I forgot about it. Is it Quibi? Yeah, we can we we can audibly hear you trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, Quibi. Um, the uh, Roku has purchased uh, the the Quibi library, if you will, for use on on their uh, ad supported streaming channel. And um, yeah, and later... it, it, yeah, if you're under if you're unaware, the the, the Roku uh, stick or TV, whatever you have, you know, they have the operating system inside of it that, you know, runs all of these channels. But also it has like a separate separate Roku TV app, which has uh, some usually I believe it's almost all ad supported stuff in it because the Roku TV app doesn't cost you anything. I think you can technically yeah. remove it from your Roku stick if you really don't like it. Kind of like those Apple apps that are, you know just bug you like, no, I don't need the stock ticker. Get out of here. Delete or I'll, I'll hide you in a folder. But it, it is funny that Roku acquires Quibi or at least the Quibi content. It just, yeah. it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, again, just, just to reiterate, and we talked about this before the show, is that Quibi actually doesn't own any of his content. I think it's just a streaming rights for some of this stuff, like or like a streaming window. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is why a lot of the actual, like larger companies were really didn't want to buy into Quibi because they, they're like, you don't own this. You just, you actually just funded them and you're going to stream it. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's really weird. So there's like 75 plus shows. Some of them will be debuting for the first time on Roku instead of Quibi. Cause they didn't make it out in time. Uh, and then, you know, again, I, I, I pose this question for Mike. Will I have to turn my TV sideways to see all the content <laughs> or, yeah, that's, or is it all on that side? That's one of the more curious things for me, right? Like, I didn't watch a lot of Quibi content like most of the people on this planet. And, you know, there was some stuff pitched as like, oh, you got to move the phone to experience the whole thing. Or, or like moving the phone was more like um, 
supplemental. So I'm curious if there's kind of like a third cut, right? You know, there's kind of like the director's cut, you know, of a particular uh, quick bite that's just like, okay, let's edit kind of like the little bit of everything together so we can kind of uh, show somebody like, you know, what it would, what it would have been like. Because I did watch like a short of uh, Reno 911 mm -hmm. where at one point in time when you turn it vertically, you're watching the camera that like one of like the teenage skateboarders is holding like recording the guys but if you flip the camera back you know horizontal it's just like a normal kind of like cops experience so i don't know i wonder if like it does any of that get edited in there i i don't know and you know what i don't care either well, so it's not that big of a deal here, here's the thing if they could have done this the whole time where you just watch it normally they would have probably made way more money and been way better off if they just put it out on everything to begin with like yeah but if you want the full feature watch it on your phone right like I couldn't watch any of this. Well, I didn't want to watch any of this because I wasn't putting it on my phone. But if they would have let me watch it on my TV, I would have went way down for it. So, uh, And then possibly gotten my phone to try it out. But they didn't. They they didn't adapt. And, of course, they died within the same year they released. So yeah. it, do, it does make you wonder if there, was ever a, if there was ever an option of just holding back the release of the app for like a year and a half. Yeah. You know, until the world got back to normal to where people were waiting in line for coffee again, because that was the, their whole pitch, right? This is you watch this while you're waiting for stuff. Well, nobody's waiting outside of their home anymore for anything. So but more than likely, what would have happened is their investors would have been like, no, you got to release the app. Streaming is up uh -huh. everywhere. Everybody's streaming like there's no reason you shouldn't be releasing a streaming app right now. But not for this type of content. Yeah. Well, I think they released it, and then we closed down like a month later, right? Like, wasn't it like... Yeah. It, it, even if the event we were... It's it's weird, but like, you know, there's some stuff on there, like, you know, we talked about, we do want to watch, um, and there's stuff on there, like, now we'll have the chance to watch it for free without having to worry about our phones, so mm -hmm. that'll be interesting. Uh, Justice League, still threatening us with this release. Uh, here, <laughs> another day, another release. Uh, apparently, they're the director's cut of Justice League is what I'm calling it. Right now, is it reportedly coming to Blu-ray and 4K in March? Uh, physical release. Um, so if that's the case, I don't think they'll put out the Blu-ray first and then let us watch it every week. So do you think that the, like, <laughs> the first week of March will be like, here's book one and two and three, and then at the end of the month is the Blu-ray release to coincide with that? <laughs> Yeah, that makes the most sense. But also, I'm just imagining what the bonus features, because like, what's the bonus features, right? The whole the whole idea is that like everything is uh, being added to this cut. It would be funny if there the, if it was just like a feed of um, Zack Snyder's. Mm -hmm. uh, What's that social Vero. media account he has? Vero. Vero. Yeah, it's just screenshots of his Vero account. Like, oh, look at Zack Snyder's Vero from this Blu-ray DVD. I don't know. There's going to be crazy people that buy it. I, I hope they're happy. I assume there's no special feature. A lot of 4Ks don't come with special features. They're like, you got to buy the digital version for that. But I could see him doing maybe a, uh, like, a like a, was it an audio commentary? He's like, and I this mean, is what I, I really wanted to do here. I would love a behind the scenes, right? You know, what is it like to go back to a movie, you know, years after it came out, being able to, you know, use the original footage of the original cut you wanted? That would be kind of interesting to see behind the scenes, but oh. I have a feeling it wouldn't make me like Zack well, Snyder anymore because I just feel like he's getting up his own butt with this too much. So I feel like I would just see more of that. In one year, possibly two years, I expect a documentary, The Making of Justice League documentary about this whole scandal fiasco <laughs> for the past five years to come to HBO max. 
Oh, and give it uh, even less time for somebody to make their own version on YouTube, and oh. it's just going to be extraordinarily bad, and I don't know who yeah. would put up with it. But, yeah, somebody will put their own speculation yeah, on there. Exactly. <laughs> so I could imagine a full documentary within a year. Um, but I did look. March has uh, five Mondays, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays of mm-hmm. of next uh, of this month. So um, not, not Thursdays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So they could do... March 1st, 2nd, or 3rd for the do Monday, Tuesday, or Monday for each release of this episode uh, thing. Mm-hmm. And then put out the, the Blu ray on the 30th of the month and still when the full movie hits HBO Max and still be one okay. thing that's going to be one thing that's going to be clever about releasing this in parts is it's going to give the internet time to analyze everything that he's doing, which could be good or could be bad for him. Right. Because if he released it all at once, you know, that, that's quite a task for somebody to like ingest all of that content, watch the original, watch the uh, original theatrical cut and compare and contrast. But if you're doing it in parts, you're kind of opening yourself up for the critical eye for an entire month. So yeah. we'll see how that pays off. There's going to be tons of side-by-sides on Twitter oh, yeah. uh, for that whole month. Oh, yeah. The, the, the people who are begging for this will be putting stuff out every week for the whole month rather than just one person. So it is a smart idea, but at the same time, I'm just I'm just over it. I'm tired of it already. Give us the full version. Let's watch it. The other thing I'm tired of is uh, The <laughs> Flash, uh, or I guess Cyborg. Uh, Ray Fisher, there's a lot of accusations out in the world, uh, accountability mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And, you know, um, Ray Fisher has been making a lot of accusations uh, towards Warner Brothers and Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns and Walter Mata. They've done reports. They've done investigations. There's been no direct claims on what's going on. I don't know anything about this, Mike, despite mm-hmm. my attempt to research into this before we even came into this. But uh, apparently Ray Fisher's cyborg will not be in The Flash. Uh, he's either been written out or they didn't write him in to begin with, uh, which is totally fine. I don't think The Flash and Cyborg have a working relationship based on the Justice League movie we watched so far. Mm-hmm. And with the inclusion of, well, what's his name, Batman, um, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. No, Michael Keaton's <laughs> oh, Batman. Oh, Michael, yeah. Do they even need a cyborg? Like, what, What's the point of having him in there if it's a Flash movie with Batman? I- I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't matter anymore, right? Whether the relationship was sour on what end, what exactly happened, it doesn't matter because Ray Fisher's origin was unfortunately... I mean, Cyborg's origin was totally wasted in Justice League, right? It was totally mangled. Uh, You know, it was really, uh, I think a lot of people agree it should have been his movie, you know, because so much of the plot just hinged on him and as a character, and it was just, like, pushed under the rug. Now, who knows if Zack Snyder's Justice League can possibly rectify the character, but, you know, that's never going to be canon again. The number of, I feel like, ultimately, the number of people that the Justice League director cut meets the reaches it's not going to be the same as justice league the movie and the people that it reached so it's just like it's just like a false start you know all i guess all of those football scenes that we didn't end up getting right mm-hmm. uh like the character just has nowhere to go you know you know you got lucky with characters like aquaman who were who were kind of able to do their own origin you know in their own movie the yeah. same with wonder woman so those characters are almost kind of safe and we haven't quite seen the origin of the flash right he was just kind of like talked about a little bit and then he joined the team so so we haven't kind of wasted his origin uh, in a Zack Snyder movie. So you can kind of create that, you know, you in his next movie. But Cyborg, like we, we've seen it all, buddy. We know your origin. We've we've met your dad. Yeah. You know, we understand the angst that you have of being a robot, and nobody really enjoyed it. So like, 
I, nobody wants to see more of this character. I would love to see more Cyborg because he's such a he's such a wonderful character in yeah. the in the Teen Titans cartoon show. Obviously, totally different tone. Even the even the smaller chibi uh teen titans show that people hate but the movie was somehow amazing so the character has yeah, so much merit he's, to it he's but... also in doom patrol right as an active mm-hmm. character so i mean he is great but if they're gonna keep him going they've got to redo everything about him in the movies uh mm-hmm. but but like I, said, I don't want i don't want the flash to be bulked down with both versions of batman the flash cyborg who else are, they've speculated everyone else under the sun in here right like every other batman kind of like the spider-man movie so do you think? I mean, I think that would be the problem is if they tried to bulk it down by adding him in there. So, I don't know. That, it's, yeah, I it mean, feels weird. You're already you're already getting Keaton's Batman. I think that's enough. That'll be enough fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pumped brakes. Let's 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 go. Let's keep this going on. Uh, speaking of the Batman, though, and, and out of this Flash, it is uh, rumored that Michael Keaton will be the DCEU Batman going forward after the Flash, where it looks like he might come into this universe going forward. Um, yeah, uh, it really makes you wonder what's supposed to happen yeah. there, right? I mean, Michael Keaton, he is a he has been a star. His star has been reborn by being pulled into the MCU. Obviously, he had the I don't know if he technically got nominated for the film Birdman, but I know the film did get nomination. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's made this uh, resurgence in a big way, right? So, it makes sense that if you're able to bring him back to the Cape and Cow, you keep him around for a little bit longer. But I don't know, the way I read this is I don't imagine him kind of coming back in full force, right? It seems like um, Robert Pattinson, he's really going to be the Batman. And then uh, it's weird because when we talked about, you know, the Flash going to different universes, you know, um, uh, meeting uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, doing some fun stuff there. I never thought about really what exactly would happen when the movie's over, right? You know, we talked about, you know, possibly setting up a Batman Beyond movie, but would that mean the Batman Beyond movie is set in Tim Burton's universe. So are is is this technically like they're what they're trying to tell us between the lines is like, oh, we're getting another Tim Burton Batman movie. But Tim Burton's probably not gonna come back, but we're yeah. just gonna use his aesthetic. We'll probably have to make him an EP just to uh just to appease him. Um uh, and you know it wouldn't be bad to put his name uh on the movie necessarily. But yeah, is this basically telling us that we're gonna be getting another Tim Burton Batman movie? Well uh but you know it'll probably probably lean more on terry mcginnis well, right well what uh, if they what if they, he doesn't it's not in the it's not in the burton verse anymore they bring this michael keaton back to the dceu where the flash is like the flash so the flash is just gonna be like wow your world really fell apart you're really depressed yeah. everyone you love has died do you want me to take you to a universe where maybe some of the people you loved aren't dead your se- like, your yeah, sequel that- your, your sequels <laughs> were made by joel schumacher how does that make you feel get me yeah. out of here Oh no! Uh, Why are there nipples? Yeah, what's going on? The only the only connecting string is Alfred, the same actor throughout all the movies. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they could do. That. I mean, the only thing is with you know Terry McGinnis knowing how Batman Beyond is and who Terry McGinnis and his origin is. How do you tie that in there um, mm-hmm. without making it feel you know because because Batman Beyond you know is in the future, right? Like. It's very futuristic, or what's supposed to feel futuristic. <laughs> it is so funny because you, when you think about the Batman Beyond aesthetic, it kind of makes me think of um, uh, what is it twenty twenty ninety nine Spider Man? Yeah, yeah Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. But like that's like 
It's so funny just because whenever anybody ever thinks about the future, they always put flying cars and they always make these cities like way fancier than they are. But it's like Bruce Wayne is just an old man. Like Mm -hmm. that's like 30 years in the future, right? That's not that far into the future. Not that much has changed. So it's 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 weird because it's like, yeah, it'd be super easy to add Terry McGinnis to like pretty much any Batman movie. Like technically Terry McGinnis could have been like an elementary school kid during like what the the Ben Affleck Batman era because he was an older Batman if you really wanted to but then you have to square it with this hyper futuristic aesthetic so uh, yeah I'm not 100% sure but if you're kind of postulating an alternate universe you know maybe the Tim Burton Batman universe took off a lot faster and they futurized maybe faster than our mainline well, he universe would, he would be 40 te- I mean what when Batman forever now Batman and uh Returns was like what ninety one, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Eight, 90, 91. So technically, it'd be fo- over forty years or thirty years after. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the timeline lines up. I just don't know. Again, spoilers for Batman Beyond. Terry McGinnis is a clone of Batman, right? Like, how do they tie that into this? Oh, I oh yeah, I do kind of forget about that storyline. Like, like that's his ending is like Terry McGinnis isn't just some random person on the end of the street. You, you find he is a clone of Bruce Wayne. That's why he could do all the Batman stuff. Uh, oh, I wow! I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, it's on HBO Max. You can go watch it on HBO Max. <laughs> well, I guess it. I guess it just kind of depends on you know if they kind of take the far the Feige Marvel approach. Yeah. You know, if this was Feige, no one would be upset. You know, if they didn't necessarily make him a clone yeah. because you know you reinvent the character. I like the conversation that we kind of started earlier in the week that we didn't really take anywhere. Of, I think a really fun debate would be the character of uh, Terry McGinnis versus Miles Morales, uh-huh. just because they're very similar characters. You know, at their base, right? You know, they're taking over the mantle for two very iconic heroes, right? You know, they learn from these heroes at some point in time, and then, it, one way or another, depending on which way you look at it, the heroes kind of go out of commission depending on the universe well, that you think about i was gonna say it's, which one if we take comic book miles peter parker was dead the moment he got his powers but there's only been ever one batman beyond right like i don't yeah, i don't know far, if there's multiple universes I, yeah unless it's been like rebooted in what yeah. in, in many like dc universe uh comics uh, yeah. reboots if you will but uh, also the characters seem to be almost invented for the same type of you know yeah. market like generation right like oh we need to refresh our iconic characters and reach a younger audience let's basically make younger kids you know into these superheroes and i think they both have very strong storytelling elements to them so um oh. I mean, so basically it kind of makes sense, right? If Warner Brothers is trying to respond to the popularity that is Miles Morales, Batman Beyond Terry McGinnis makes a Uh lot of sense. And I'm looking forward to kind of the two kind of battling each other out, you know, even though they don't really need to battle each other Make an animated Batman Beyond movie. I mean, like to compete with Into the Spider Verse kind of thing. What what do we think about that? Oh, I see. I see what like, you're saying. Like, go uh, go next level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, technically, the Joker one was theatrical. Yeah. I, I think it, for a brief moment in time, so you could kind of consider that a film. Yeah, but I mean, like uh, reinvent them, reintroduce them to a new era of, of, of uh, people, right? Like that'd be. Oh man, a ba- a Batman Beyond movie in like the Spider Verse aesthetic that would be. Yeah. Wow, I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I mean, I know they have a bunch of Batman games coming out, but a Batman Beyond game with that technology and those gadgets, right? Like, in, yeah, like he's to got, go with, he's along with a... the Spider-Man Miles Morales stuff. Yeah, Batman Beyond also has a great rogues gallery, right? You know, even even when it comes down to kind of like the faux uh, Fantastic Four yeah. that he kind of battles, I think that's a great that's a great thing to do. Yeah, yeah there's a lot there, and it, and it does. Um, 
I guess, kind of technically tie into the animated universe a little bit, right? Which is everyone's favorite Batman uh, animated mm-hmm. stuff. I, th- I think there's a lot here. If Michael Keaton does stay in this universe, they could probably do a Batman Beyond um, where maybe it's a, actually a clone of Ben Affleck's Batman or something like that. We don't find that till the end. It's something different. It's not an exact clone of Keaton, but somebody else maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just put, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, I don't know the actor's name because when I'm actively watching something, I don't usually go on IMDb. Uh, I usually look stuff up after I finish watching it, but the character that the actor that plays Johnny Lawrence's son in Cobra Kai <laughs> I think he, I think he would be a good Terry McGinnis. Now that I think about it, like the kind of all of the aesthetics and stuff uh, make a lot of sense to me. So uh, that's my fan casting as of right now. Mm-hmm. As of this week, while Mike is watching Cobra Kai, <laughs> everything is Cobra Kai related. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll pick back up with you in a couple of weeks and see what you're watching and see if we can recast there. Lastly, in the in the realm of of things we we enjoyed when we were younger, since we're talking about Batman Beyond in the animated series, family video is to close all of its remaining stores. Oh my gosh, so sad. Uh, the, there's about 200 left. I actually know where one is right now. Uh, it shares a, a residence with a Marco's Pizza uh, <laughs> right across from near my in-laws. So this is like one of the last bastions of physical rentals, right, of movies and stuff like that in, in an era of streaming and, 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 and purchasing your own, I guess, if you really want to, yeah. which is sad I mean, because I... this, is, this is how it all started, but... Yeah, I don't know about you, but to me, in our town, we had both. We had Blockbuster and Family Video. And we also had some independent, you know, uh, video rental stores, believe it or not. You could actually rent video to a customer if you weren't under the label of, a, of like, a corporate logo. Uh, it just You could just make your own, like, uh, upstart business. Those didn't obviously go very well at the end of the day because only the big only the big boys could stick around this long. But I always remember family video kind of being the less corporate blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could go in there and you could find like cheaper deals or you could get away with stuff more. Like, um, I feel like my blockbuster stopped renting video game consoles after a while. Right. They were just kind of like, this is too much of a liability to take like this, this uh, piece of hardware that's worth hundreds of dollars and rent it out to different people. You know, no one brings it back. They just steal it or it breaks. It's just a waste of money. And it seemed like Family Video just kept doing it. They're like, no, people like renting this Xbox 360, so we're just going to keep renting it and and see how far we can uh, drag it out. And I was one of those people that would rent a console every once in a while at Family Video. Uh, It just had a different vibe inside of the store. Like you said, yours has like a pizza place inside of it. Uh, I'm sure at some point in time, Blockbuster had the adult section behind a beaded curtain, but I never saw it there. Uh, But our family video had one of those sections and when you were a kid you kind of like oh i'm just gonna look at this uh romantic comedy that i would never in my life rent at the age of eight and kind of try to look through the beads and go what's back there i'm, I'm not allowed to go back there but i can see it so uh, yeah just very uh, unique memories well, from family video so i grew up again like i've said before we only had local places we didn't have any any chains but family video came in later after all those had closed up um and i remember they had um there, there, there were a lot more selections of video games than the other places did. They had uh, more snacks. Like, you could buy your movie-going snacks there. Like, that's what I remember buying the most of was actually, like, I'm getting a movie. Oh, I'm also going to get this popcorn and this candy and all this other mm-hmm. junk I don't need uh, to have that, that experience. But also, they had, um, I, again, Blockbuster, I'm sure had this, but I never went to a Blockbuster until I was 20-something, was, um, you know, the, the frequently rental card, right? Like, your punch card. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, I always remember having that punch card in my wallet every time I go in, or like it was digital maybe by that point where they're like, yep, you've got these points. Now you can get two movies tonight instead of one, or you get an extra day <laughs> on this game, uh, which was really cool. I had a, I had a really close friend who was so bad about returning stuff, right? He had late fees out the wazoo, but uh, we figured out early uh, that if as long as you could give them like new contact information, you could start a brand new account uh, and they wouldn't know. And uh, I think even at one point in time, they wanted to see like identification, but like, oh, we're like teenagers. So like we could show them like a learner's permit to make an account. And then when we got a driver's license, we could use that to make a new account. So whenever we would have late fees that we couldn't pay off or they have all of these like specials when you break a new account, like, oh, you get all of these uh, new rentals when you when you start a new account because, you know, we're acquiring a new customer. It's like, no, 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 no. This is training me for the future of signing up for websites where you just give them fake email addresses. So uh, I like family video for teaching me those, uh, those, the roundabout uh, those early ways. skills. Yeah. And you're the reason why they're closing, Mike. Uh, <laughs> they never got those late fees for those those movies you never return. I must say it was not me. I was always very good at returning. It mm-hmm. was my friend who's very bad at returning stuff and often he would ask me if, I, if he could rent stuff under my account. <laughs> but it was fun. We we rented lots of lots of video games like that, you know. I think maybe some of my first Halo experiences might have been from a rental yeah, rented version. Yeah. I, I always uh I, I never I always remember when Netflix remember when Netflix just did discs and they didn't have streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always a hassle to mail them off and wait for it. So I was like, I'd rather just go to a family video uh, to do that. But mm-hmm. but the other one, yes, yeah, it's, it's over there. I remember my favorite thing to do with them is actually when they're getting rid of their old content, is going and buy up the old games or movies they're oh, selling. Yeah. So because mm-hmm. look at them away for pennies on the dollar sometimes. So that was always fun finding a nice uh nice game in their 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 selling section. So. It's sad. It's sad to go, but you know, it's a it's a day where you know um, you can't go outside, so no one's going to family video stores, even if you could. So, rest in peace, family yeah. video. You will be missed. Yes, always. Uh, it's, it's it's about family, Mike. That's what it was always about. <laughs> well, that's the episode this week. I need to get you out of here so you can go take a nap, get recharged up for yeah, next week. Yeah, no kidding. I'm surprised I made it this long. Uh, I know you could. Uh, I believe. You. I will be back. I'll be back to my my normal luster next week. Because I absolutely have to be because uh, WandaVision's coming out. It's a new era of the of the podcast because we have a brand new type of thing to talk about. So I will make sure I'm well rested for and next week. I'm gonna just go ahead and say now, if you've listened this far, we're gonna talk about that next week on the show. So you better watch it because we're gonna we're gonna talk about that those episodes on the show. Like we're not gonna hold it till the end of the series to talk about it. <laughs> so that's yes, that's pretty good. All right, Mike. If people know what you're up to, where can they find you at? Oh, that's so easy. All you got to do is follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Royer Design, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, people know more about the show, listen to our reviews, get ready to, to go back and listen to some old episodes while they got some downtime waiting for this WandaVision. Where can they find us at? Oh, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So you can head on over to SuperheroSlate.com, find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Please like us on Facebook. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you, so please reach out and let us know uh, your opinion on Miles Morales versus Batman Beyond. I think it's a fair matchup. I think a lot of people would very easily say Miles Morales just because he's the most popular character mm-hmm. right now, but I think, I think honestly, with good due diligence, you could put them head-to-head, and it would be a fun conversation. So let me know what you think between Miles and uh, Terry McGinnis. I'm really curious. So uh, reach out let us know and we love our super fans and if you want to be a super fan of this show all you have to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy wear your mask make sure you're socially um, distancing yourself so you don't spread the virus and please do not storm any government buildings Mm -hmm. that is very important Uh, that is very illegal and please don't do that Uh, so uh, yeah that's it for me Chris all right well then we will catch you guys next week all right bye everybody Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Because if a brownie goes hard, you know. You know, like, you're not eating that.